This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Track season's here, and whether you're a sprinter, jumper, thrower, or distance runner, SDR's got you covered. Shop spikes and competition shoes from top brands like Asics, New Balance, and Velasa. You can also find a new pair of trainers that will not only look great on your feet, but that will optimize your performance and keep you running healthy. The best part is that you don't even have to live in Grand Forks to shop SDR's amazing deals. Check out their website or give the shop a call and tell them exactly what you're looking for. They'll send it your way and have you ready to rock this track season. All that and more at Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks. On this episode of the podcast, Cam and I tried to shake things up a little bit because we get it. It's monotonous just listening to our two voices all the time. We start the episode by bringing you a race from the 2017 Bison Open. We want to kind of start doing a new thing when it's just Cam and I, that we're going to discuss a race or discuss a person uh, that's relevant to the time and place. So you'll find out why this race in 2017 was very relevant to this past weekend. Uh, Not just because it's Bison Open, but much deeper than that. Then we go into the marathon trials. If you were fortunate enough to have Peacock or NBC streaming this weekend, you were able to catch the Olympic marathon trials. And if you listen to our past episode, we had MSU Umgrat, Nadir Youssef on. He uh, had a phenomenal race. So we recap not only his performance, but the races as a whole um, and some of the Minnesota connections that we had uh, running as well. Then we dive into the Bison Open. The Bison Open was incredible. We talked a few weeks ago about how the indoor season just felt kind of monotonous, but there was nothing dull about this weekend. Uh, The Bison Open, there were a lot of school records, top performances in the country across different divisions. So we break those down. And then finally, we shout out a few different performances by North Dakota natives from across the region, outside of the state, outside the Summit League. So that is kind of the roadmap for this episode. We hope that you enjoy it because Cam and I still love doing this so much. We thank you for your support, whether it's listening to these podcasts or interacting with us on social media, or we talk a few times on the episode today about getting to interact with some of you at the meet this weekend. You know, wherever you fall in the fandom of Prairie Track and Field podcast, we appreciate you a whole lot. So thank you for your support. Let's dive into this episode, though. Enough about us. Here is episode 99, you guys, episode 99 of the Prairie Jack and Field podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ederson. I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. If you listened to our last episode, you know that we said the indoor season just felt pretty mundane, like we were going through the motions, but this weekend was anything but that if you were following along with both local track and field, if you were following the Olympic marathon trials, there's a lot of great stuff happening. And I didn't run this by you, Cam, but here's how I'm going to segue into our first topic. You we both agreed on what we were going to discuss first, but here's how we're going to get there. Yeah. So when I've listened back to some of our episodes, because I've got this hour commute I have to make every day, been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I was just for fun going back and listening to some uh, episodes I hadn't listened to in a while. And first, I listened to the one you did with Nadir, and I have to say, hats off, that was really good. 
And I thought you. You, you crushed that interview and it was fun to listen to him because he's got a great story. So first of all, nice job. Oh, thank you. Always, always. Um, and then I went back and I listened to some of the ones where it's just you and I on the episode. And I would have to imagine that anyone who listens gets more fired up when we have a guest rather than when we're just on. And so I was trying to brainstorm, how could we like make things more interesting? And I'm sure there's people out there who are thinking to themselves like, oh, you guys are just now figuring out that you're boring when you don't have a guest on. But one of the ways that I thought we could do it is if we did more of the segment type style, I feel that most podcasts do that yeah. are more regularly scheduled programming. And one of the ways uh, to start with a segment would be if we were to look back like on an old race or pick a person and spend five minutes talking about them, kind of do like a flashback segment to start things off. And okay. so I sent you a link earlier today to no other than uh, the Bison Open results that just happened this weekend. So this race in particular was from the Bison Open in 2017, so seven years ago. Now, what is significant about this is I think during a track meet, especially like the Bison Open over two days, there's plenty of times where people get up, use the bathroom, they maybe go talk to their friends and they zone out. They don't think about some of the races that are going on. They miss some of them, don't pay attention, whatever. And I hate to say it, but I think a lot of the time that happens to be the women's 3,000, 3, women's 3K. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's any 3K or 5k or 10k you know if to the people who are there watching literally anything else the last thing they want to sit through is a is a distance race so you know yeah yeah i get it i i, I get it so what i'm the point i'm going to try to make with this race is that sometimes a phenomenal race happens right in front of you and you don't even know it you could be watching a race you don't know anyone in it you don't really care about any of the competitors, none of your friends are in it, but it might be a phenomenal race. Yeah. And that happened on February 4th, 2017 at the Shelly Elig in Fargo. I'm going to yeah. run down these results and there's a couple names that I think are going to stand out to our listeners. Number one, uh, the woman who won that race was Lexi Zeiss from You Mary. We've had her on the podcast, multiple time national champion for the Marauders. Uh, and just commented, I think, on our latest, like almost Friday post that she'd be willing to send some good photos our way. Solid. Okay, so that was number one. She won a 922 decisive victory over second place, uh, Emmy Trost. Do you know that name? I do. I do. Tell tell the listeners about her. I mean, national champ in the 1500? Sounds right, yes. or, was yeah. She, was she For, national champ or runner-up? I'll fact check yeah. while you keep going here. I mean... For sure, for sure, an all American for uh the Bulldogs up there in Duluth, I believe school record holder, professional runner now for Minnesota Distance Elite. Uh, one of the best, she was winner, won that season actually, 2017. Okay, the 1500 outdoors, 412. That's so fast, that's cooking, unreal, unreal. Okay, so that's second place, third place. Sasha Havind, I don't know much about her, uh, went to Northern State, but was in a pretty loaded race, did pretty well, so I'm guessing she was pretty good. Then fourth place, Ida Narbuval, if you remember 
we had her on the podcast. She mm-hmm. was a national champion at UMary, uh, and then went on to be a Norwegian national champion in the 5K and 10K outdoors. Okay. Emily Walter from UMary, fifth, 1029. I didn't dive deep into her name, uh, but here's the one that's going to stick out and resonate with people. Maybe not initially, but sixth place in that race was Dakota Bullen, better known as Dakota Lindworm. Oh my goodness. And so there we have it. The sixth place finisher in the women's 3K at the 2017 Bison Open is now an Olympian in the marathon. Olympian. Olympian. That's incredible. That, uh, I mean, we, we can talk about this race a little bit more. A little aside, that reminds me of uh, Andrew Carlson did kind of a, when we were on the team, he did kind of a deep dive into athletes that had gotten that it happened to get fifth place at the summit league championships who went on to become professional runners or something like that and it was like mm-hmm. courtney frerichs had gotten fifth cam levens had gotten fifth and there was like one other or it was like maybe it was aaron then had gotten fifth that like her freshman year or something it was before she had made her first world team or olympic team or whatever uh so, I mean, exactly like you were talking about people that nobody was paying attention to, you know, likely, likely nobody was really had their eye on and time, you know, over time and dedication, you never know, you never know what sort of athletes you're going to have had the chance to see who go on to do uh, great, great things. So mm-hmm. that that's insane. Okay. I just clicked on T So Sarah Hovind, who finished third, uh, she took seventh at the NCAA championships uh, outdoors in 2018 in the 5K, uh, and then took sixth in the 10K. So she was an All-American, too. Uh, uh, that, like, like, that race was so loaded, and I don't, I was there. I didn't watch it. I do. I think I, I remember, you know, maybe I... Maybe I had run the 3K. Maybe I was in like the men's 3K after, or I don't know what I was doing that season, to be honest. But uh, that time from Lexi's Ice is still the facility record at at the Shelly, 922. So pretty, pretty serious time. Yeah. You know, on top of all the other, you know, (laughs) all all the other greatness that was just in that race. Mm hmm. Dude, I'm trying to look. I, I don't see what you ran. Uh, you were, didn't do the 3K. You didn't do the mile. Yeah, what, 17. What did you The 800? Oh, you, you ran the 8. You ran 158.61, and you took fifth place. There we go. Okay. And look what, look what you've gone on to accomplish. Why was I running the 800? Dude, it was Gilby won. Matt Jennings took third. Uh, shout out Devil's Lake, and you took fifth. Was Jonah Warwick right in front of me? Uh, Jonah Warwick took ninth in that race. Oh, let's go. All right, so I beat Jonah. Yeah. So, anyways, just uh, some fun fun stuff looking back. I must have I must have ran. Was there a DMR? I Did I run the DMR? That sounds right. I think there was a DMR. No, you guys didn't have a DMR team. I don't know what you were doing. I, why Either was way. I in... <laughs> 158 what, am, what was i doing i don't know what you were doing but it's <laughs> the segment wasn't about you cam 
Yeah, you're right. That's that's very true. Okay. Yeah, we had we had an Olympian. We had an Olympian get sixth place in the three K uh at NDSU track in twenty seventeen. Crazy. Incredible. That is crazy. And then Peyton Otterdahl would have been there, another Olympian. Yeah. I, I was I, I was actually thinking when you sent that to me, Ryan, I was thinking, I was like, man, why? What would it take to like assemble that sort of field again in any event? In any event, you know, back in Fargo on the flat 200. You know, was this was 2017 before or after SDSU had their facility completed? Uh, it must have been. It, it would have been done because we had conference there in like 2016. Yeah. So, I mean, my my first excuse was like, oh, man, well, everybody just goes either, you know, they would go to a 300 meter track, you know, they'd either go to SDSU or somewhere else. But I don't know. It would be it would be great to great to see that again. Yeah. And I mean, we've probably had similar. Maybe not to that extent, but like good depth in in a lot of races before, you know, at the at the Shelly, but. Yeah, that one. That one's pretty special. It's a good find, Ryan. Great find. Thank you. Yeah, that one. That one just hit different. So, but good way to start the episode. Uh, the rest of this episode, where we're heading, is there's a lot of great results from this weekend. Um, started off, man. And while we're on the topic of the marathon, I think it's due to give uh, Nadir his flowers. Yeah, man. Oh, man, Nadir. I. Dude, I saw him. I saw him for a brief second on the broadcast. He got a little bit of TV time there towards the beginning. So I was mm-hmm. pretty hyped about that. Uh ended up finishing 25th, 25th best marathoner in the whole nation. Incredible performance. It looked like it was a tough day out there. A lot of a lot of guys really struggled, but uh it seemed like Nadir, you know, from the, the few splits that I saw in his finishing time, you know, it looked like he he ran smart. He ran within himself, uh, but also gave himself a, a opportunity to do something, do something big. And, uh, you know, two I think he two sixteen or something like that. But you know, in championship race, place is really what matters. And uh, to be able to do do that twenty fifth on a on a hot, humid day in Florida on the biggest stage, uh, man, I. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I love having Nadir here in Fargo Moorhead training. I think it's uh it, it gives him an extra notch on his belt of like, yeah, I'm tougher than everybody else because I, I train up in the prairie. Um, but you know, maybe that maybe that's gonna be good enough to I would I surely would think that there's gonna be opportunities for him if he were uh interested to to maybe join a, a team or, or some sort of club and maybe a little more ideal training situation after that after that great performance so it was really cool really cool seeing all the man all the minnesota connections doing so well i mean nadir for one and dakota you know from minnesota trains in minnesota uh and then obviously you went to northern state like we touched on earlier and uh reed fisher is ninth you know well a little shout out to the to the border state here minnesota uh just really really cool to see so, uh, big props to Nadir. Uh, excited to see see what's next. Maybe he'll uh, maybe we'll see him back on the track. You know, I'm, I feel like a lot of that's a, a fairly common thing for a lot of people. You know, run the marathon trials and then transition back to the 10K. So maybe we'll see another two Olympic trials out of Nadir in in one season. So that'd be pretty cool. 
That would be really cool. I when I was looking for photos to post uh, when we announced the episode on Instagram, came across a, a lot of them. Him going around the blue oval at the Drake Relays with the little Drake Relays flag. So, oh yeah, maybe he'll make an appearance down here in Des Moines. Yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be cool. That would be really Relay cool. Is always a good one, for sure. For uh, sure. Yeah, I got so I got one more like quick little shout out, and then we can get into some of the the standout results from Bison Open, but. Uh, Saw some podcast merch at the Bison Open this weekend. Uh, shout out to Quinn, uh, my brother. He was repping the repping the jersey, the steel gray singlet for his 1K. Got the dub in the singlet for his 1K on Friday. And on Saturday, Austin Dibble, our guy from rugby, who's uh, running for MSUM now, he he was sporting the steel gray singlet. So, uh, and we got we got some great fans. Saw the whole. Uh, the Warner clan was there to watch Austin, you know, hit the track and, and the Warner boys were sporting the, the t-shirt, the podcast t-shirt too. So let's go brand is the brand is alive and strong. So, uh, means a lot. It's just really cool to see, uh, see the love and support from, from everybody at, at the meet. It's kind of, kind of surreal, but, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Did I any- hope, hope people notice. <laughs> Did anyone race in a mint green hoodie or a bucket hat? <laughs> That's the next, that's the next level. If somebody, ah, oh man, I want to, I want to get some, I want to like say I would Marquis Dendy, you know, he long jumps and like all sorts of crazy stuff like bucket yeah. hats. Like yeah. we got to get someone to wear one in the long jump. I I mean, dude, maybe wisdom, maybe wisdom will, will do it for us. We'll see. That's gotta be, that's gotta be against like uh, some logo policy for the NCAA though. But you would think so. You'd think yeah. so. Hey, but if, if anybody's willing to to give a shot, <laughs> let us know and we'll have our photographers on the scene so that we can document that. For sure. Maybe even for just for warm-ups. Wisdom. Listen to me, man. <laughs> no, or or don't com- listen or don't listen to us. This might be a terrible <laughs> idea. Bucket bucket hats are commonplace in the professional jump scene. Uh so we need you to come through, help us out for your warm-ups at least, you know, if coach is okay with it, obviously. Yeah, Rock the bucket hat for the warm-ups. Have Antonio snap some sick flicks of you and send them our way. And we'll we'll figure out the details later. When you say commonplace, like one guy ever has done it. So <laughs> but no, I mean hey, uh Will Clay does some like crazy stuff and can our guy uh, Omar uh Omar Craddock. Omar Craddock, yeah. He maybe it was just the shades that he always wore, but I swear he always he had a hat on or something like that. What we got to move on. Anyway, this is supposed to be a rapid fire episode, Ryan. Come on, <laughs> quit rambling. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right, okay. So, to some to some cold hard facts, some highlights from the weekend. And hey, one of the biggest things I think that stuck out to me: NDSU freshman setting the school record. Jaden Williams, the freshman from Williston, North Dakota, in Fargo now, and just lighting the track on fire. And we we know that the NDSU sprints has been on an absolute roll uh, this season and the last couple seasons. Kendra Kelly, Nell Graham, just record after record after record. But man, Jaden Williams, Ryan, how did we miss him? How did know. we miss him? 
I don't know. I was so he's the Williston school record in the hundred and two hundred. He owns those. Uh, he was our class A long jump champion last year, and we talked so much about the field events, but that was one we just didn't talk about. I feel like if anything, remember we talked a lot about how Minot had like a really deep team. Yeah, uh, but like yeah. we, but we didn't really talk much about boys long jump, and we, and I feel bad because. Jaden Williams, these first couple weeks of the season, I've been like, man, where's this guy from? And sure enough, yeah, he's from Williston, North Dakota. But you you alluded to it well. Sets uh, or ties a, a old longstanding record, right? He tied it or did yeah, he break it? Yeah, tied it. it. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. 674, um, held by no other than Marquise Johnson, who if you've been around the Shelly Ellig long enough and you've looked at the banners and record boards long enough, that name is all over the place. If you pull up the PDF on the go bison of indoor records and outdoor records name is littered throughout it. And there's a lot of stories that I remember coach Larson telling about just how dominant he was at the time. So it's, he's in good company. Jaden Williams is in very good company tying that record. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it from the little bit that I heard when I was at the meet, on Friday and Saturday, you know, sounds like maybe more of a jump sky, but you know, when you have a performance like that, uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of, we kind of had this like conversation, uh, with like Brandon Lewis, uh, a little bit, you know, obviously very talented, very explosive to be able to jump as well as Brandon Lewis could. Uh, but there was always this kind of like, oh man, is he kind of, is he going to come back to the sprints? Is he, you know, is he going to be able to do it sort of thing? I wonder if it's almost like, uh, going to be, maybe the reverse of that for Jaden, you know, you, you run a school record performance like this, and then maybe it's like, Hey man, let's, let's stay away from the jumps and let's go all in on the sprints. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe shoot tech in the jumps and the sprints is, uh, allowing for more diversity of events too, you know, and, and it can keep you healthier, but, uh, that's mm-hmm. a little out of my wheelhouse. I guess I don't really know all the ins and outs there, but man, Cool to see. We were we were talking last. I'll, this will be the last thing I'll say on this. But mm-hmm. like we were talking last time. Of like, oh man, records. Like, do they do they mean anything? You know, or like, why don't we get excited about them anymore? And I really do think it is like when when you're not expecting it, that's when it becomes incredible, and uh, it just seems to to mean a little bit more. Um, and there there's just kind of that like wow factor, like the surprise of it. So. Uh, I I for sure was wowed. I was excited that 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 record was tied. Uh, got me kind of buzzing and talking to to some people uh, who I was sitting around at the meet. So and shout out to to Jaden. Yeah, dude, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, just I don't know. Like records are meant to be broken, and anytime that there's yeah that big of a name that you you tie a record for, like yeah, dude, it's super cool, and I think he's got a lot of potential. The one thing that's kind of insane is that time, any other year in the Summit League would have just wiped the Summit League. Like, no question about it. You do that, you, you're you golden. You're walking away with the title. That time is tied for third in the Summit League this year. No way. Yeah, the I can't pronounce this for... Okpereke Kenachuku of uh, Kansas City. He's just a freshman. He's ran 667. He leads the Summit wow. League this year. Wow. Um, and then there's a few other names of guys like Dylan Cotts, who's won 
too many summer league titles to count. Like he's in seventh right now. So like it, all I'm going to say there is that there's definitely like it's tight this year and speaks to how good the summer league has gotten over the last several seasons. Yeah. As I'm, as I'm kind of looking through the, the recap of the meet on the NDSU page, uh, I don't want to forget, uh, Blake, Blake Nyanetti. Nyanetti. Yeah. Nyanetti also, you know, also setting a score record, uh, in the hurdles, seven eighty-one in the 60 meter hurdles. So yeah, I mean, NDSU sprints really, really stepping up their game and man, it's, it's great to see. Is really cool. Is super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I do have one last aside and then we can keep rolling here. Okay. Cool. Uh, so talking about the 60 meter dash, there's a name, uh, Kobe Hilton. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you remember that name at all? Yeah. 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 SDSU guy. SDSU guy. Super fast. Wiped the Summit League a few seasons ago. Uh, a couple weeks ago in the 60, this was still pretty early on in the season, but he had ran the fastest time in the world in the 60 dash. No way. Yep. And like Noah Lyles today ran like 644. So, I mean, he's no longer the leader, but yeah, pretty nuts when it comes down to some of the talent that comes out of the summit league in the sprints. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think it's a place that people would uh, look to or expect, uh, you know, top end sprint tout to come from, but it's right. here. Yeah. Cool. All right. Keep moving on. Uh, were there All any right. other results that you had that you wanted to share? Cause I got a few. Yeah. If you don't. Uh, I mean, got to give a shout out to our guy, Braxton Brewer, uh, ran one fifty on our, on the flat 200 at, uh, NDSU converts to a one forty nine twenty nine. Uh, he sits fourth in the nation in the 800 meters, Ryan, we had talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, he'd run, a a six after a mile. And, you know, it seemed like all his races so far this season were building up to him him ripping an eight and you know that's what we got uh at the Shelly this weekend uh as teammate here Gregoire pacing him and you know ran ran real strong man he looked real good over the last uh last 200 meters and uh force he's it looks like he's a force to be reckoned with uh, on the national scene yet again uh so good for good for Braxton Brewer also want to give a special shout out Ryan I don't know if I told you this uh Braxton uh was thrifting around town, found an old school retro Grand Fork Central singlet, bought it and brought it to me at the meet. So no man, way. I mean, talk about talk about fans being engaged and you know, uh, I don't know. It's just just cool that cool that he thought of us. Cool that he thought of me with that. And uh, and I don't I don't have it. I would show it to you. I can show you after the pod. But uh, yeah, be cool. Pretty cool. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah, big shout out to Braxton. Love just seeing him crushing, and he's got big things waiting for him. Uh, man. Other than that, at least from the Bison Open, I think those were, um, all. One other. I just want to get all the all the stats right. So, give me a second as I pull it up here. And while you do that, I will say I went on World Athletics, uh, their page and their rankings. And right now they have Kobe Hilton that's seventh in the world. Uh, oh, some, okay. Some people ahead of him: Noah Lyles, uh, world champion; Akeem Blake, world championship finalist; uh, Ferdinand Omanyala from Kenya, world championship finalist. Some people that Kobe Hilton is ahead of: 
Fred Curley, Ronnie Baker, Emmanuel okay. Matadi, like some pretty good people. So, wow, yeah, pretty sweet. Cool. All right, you got this fact check good. Yep, yep. So, final thing I think that I have, unless you can think of anything else from the Bison Open, Dixon uh, State's Caitlin McCauley. Huge day for her in the pentathlon. Uh, she scored 3,755 points. It is the current NAIA lead NSAA conference record and a Dickinson State school record. So, Caitlin McCauley, Dickinson State, and congratulations. Ryan, you probably you probably know a little bit more, you know, being a multi yourself, kind of what the the score and stuff means. You can probably give a little perspective on that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that score would be – easily in the top 10 and like NDSU. Um, so like if you're trying to get a perspective like NAI to division one, uh, in general, that's just a really good score. Caitlin's so talented. She was a outdoor national champion in the heptathlon last year. So it's cool to see her carrying that momentum. She also competed for team USA at the world university games this summer in China. So wow. she's got big meat experience. It's just super cool that she's, uh, just crushing it where she's at and she's going to continue to do some, I think some pretty head turning stuff the rest of the season, hopefully add another natty to her collection. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Uh, it's looking like her in route to her conference and school record in the event. She set a PR in the high jump 1.63 meters and also set a school record, uh, Dickinson state school record in the long jump of, 5.50 meters as well. So, I mean, when you're putting up putting up scores like that that are breaking those types of records, you you would almost expect that there would be, you know, records being set in the individual events as well. For sure, for sure. Yeah. No, super good for her. I'm going to transition us to a couple of things not at the Bison Open. You actually stole that one out of my mouth. I was going to say that one to get my little section going uh, here, but for my segment, we're looking outside of the Summit League, outside of the Bison Open. I'm going to start off with Brady Yoder. Brady Yoder this weekend okay. set a new 3K personal best, 812. Uh, nice. Cooking, cooking. And that got him seventh place at Notre Dame. And that was a big meet, uh, the Mayo Invitational, I think yeah. is what they call yeah. it. So, yeah, it was super cool for him to, to get a good race in there. And I think back to that high school incredible rivalry there was about four guys that were always going head to head but you know we talked about Corsmo a couple of weeks ago on the pod running 402 for the mile and and now yoda runs 812 which is just electric Howdy. fun fun to see those guys finding some success for sure okay uh moving on we're gonna go to shelby frank at the university of minnesota she threw a season's best she's only five centimeters off her pr um throwing over 24 meters again in the weight, which is super great. And yeah, continues just to dominate pretty much everywhere she goes. And, and you were going to share something else about Annie Nabwe, our teammate and James. Yeah. I mean, we had shared the, we had shared this to our Instagram story from the gopher Instagram, but uh, you know, as of a week ago, redshirt freshman, Annie Nabwe, one of three NCAA track and field throwers to sit inside the top 22 nationally in both the shot and the weight. Uh, so as of a week ago, she was ninth in the weight throw and 22nd in the shot put. So uh, 
not only you know performing well in one discipline but really crushing it uh in two so yeah and then i got I one think last... of, oh go for it i was just gonna say sometimes it's interesting it's like kind of kind of cool to think of the the throws as like a almost like a complete like oh you have to do both both events like who's the best thrower you know and kind of score uh, i don't know i like to think of him oh well this guy got eighth in both the weight and the shot you know he's better than the guy that got fourth in just the shot or something like that you know so to to be one of only three to have that you know she's one of the top three most complete throwers in the nation as a redshirt freshman so yeah uh, big props big props and cool to I don't know. It's just so cool that we get two female throwers absolutely dominating uh, yeah. at University of Minnesota. I got one final result, uh, and then we can kind of wrap this thing up. Uh, Jack Erlocker, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Jump yeah. 5'16". Uh, I know I looked at some results early on in the season, and probably not what he wanted. I feel like that's the first one that's kind of getting back towards where he was outdoors last season. Uh, we'll see what he can do. Of course, you know, Minnesota doesn't have the indoor men's track program, so can't really be competing for a spot at NCAAs, but it's a great way to get ready for outdoor season where he can. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my look outside the summit league, just quick and dirty, but I'm sure there was some other great performances out there that we've missed along the way. And as always, we really do appreciate it when you guys send us performances that we've missed. It's not that we don't care, not that we're like turning a blind eye to them. There's just a lot going on. Cam and I are busy. And so we have the short window where we get to just dive into the results. Uh, we do our best. But if we miss something, yeah, let us know for sure. The Instagram collabs with us are always nice too. Like we'll do our best to make a post. But if you've already made one and you want to just add yeah. the collab tag, we'll accept it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was like the the weekend, uh, the biggest weekend in track and field, you know, in a long time. The kind of had the trifecta, you know, Olympic marathon trials, the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix, and the Bison Open. So, I mean, doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, honestly, I would would have really agreed with you. Well, I did agree with you like last week that it just felt like we were not quite up to speed with track season. Just, but this weekend was different. This weekend hit different. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's really gonna really gonna start rolling, keep rolling now. Uh, looks like you know there's that big SDSU meet coming up next weekend, uh, and then at least on the calendar, NDSU has a BU on their schedule, so oh, okay. uh, probably see some some distance homies go out there and rip some fast times, and uh, and for those that are staying nearby, hopefully we'll get to see. Maybe some preview of some uh, Summit League Championship uh, head-to-head action at uh, down in Brookings. Absolutely. The last thing I want to end us with is, Cam, this is episode number 99. Oh, boy. Like, we haven't really talked about what we're going to do for our 100th episode, but we're going to have to do something special. Are we going to have to do something like the the Coffee Club did, where, like, next episode is actually going to be, like, 99.1? <laughs> and it's 99.2 just so just so we have enough time to like plan and make like a big uh, uh something something special for episode 100 or should i just like wear a wear a party hat next time we record and call it good i don't know we'll 
we'll figure it out. But I guess if you're listening, if you've been patient enough to listen to this whole episode, thank you. But uh, if you do have an idea what we should do for our 100th, let us know because we're open to suggestions. Uh, but yeah, as of now, I really haven't thought too hard about it, but just kind of a cool milestone to hit. Yeah. If you've listened to uh, every single episode, thank you. If you haven't listened to every single episode, you know where to find them. Go listen to every single episode. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap things up. Thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. We will do our best these next couple of weeks to keep you updated on what's going around the NCAA. But until then, uh, we'll see you next week.